Well, good morning. It's good to see you guys here. Again, after the storms and everything last night, I'm amazed that so many of you are here. After I've heard that so many of you didn't even get power till, I think some got it at 8.30 this morning. So it's really incredible to see how good God is and how I believe Satan was trying to do something here to stop this service from happening today for whatever reasons it was. So again, welcome on behalf of the elder team. Welcome to our church. Welcome to those who are watching online if that's going on as well today. And again, as Dennis said, my name's Kevin. I'm one of the elders here, and it's just my privilege to be able to share God's Word with you today from what He's put on my heart. And He put it on my heart many months ago, so I'm really glad to see it finally happening. So um, my message today is going to be called Two Ways to Live, Man's Way or God's Way. And I was, ta- I was talking to Tom a couple minutes ago, uh, Tom from Ukraine, and he was talking about that, that they have a similar saying at their, uh, at their church too as well, do things God's way. Or not at all, pretty much. Is that pretty much what you said? Oh, that's exactly. So do things God's way. And that's what my, my message is going to be about today. So let's bow in prayer again real quick, please. Lord, I thank you for your word. I ask this, as we worship you through the word that you would speak to us. Open up our hearts to see what you have for us. I ask if there's any distractions that might keep us from hearing your word, that you would take those away, that you would uh, just calm our hearts, Lord, to hear what you have for us. I do pray again for the people in Ukraine, for the ministry of Jesus that's going on there. I ask that many, many, many would come to faith in Jesus because of that ministry over there. I ask um, that you would work in people's hearts. And as, as Tom shared a little while ago, it's very, very hard for them to forgive the Russians. Give them the heart to do that as well as they see how much you have forgiven each one of us for our sins that we've committed against you. And Lord, I just ask all these things in your son Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so um, like I said, my message is titled uh, Man's Way or God's Way. Which will you choose? That's my challenge to you guys. Which will you choose today, Man's Way or God's Way? And we're going to go through a lot of different things. Um, but first off, I want to back up and talk about a little bit about our history of where we started at with, with Psalms. Um, Jack shared from Psalm 23 many weeks ago about how the Psalms are written as a, as a songbook. They're songs of praise to God. And the Hebrews used this as their songbook, actually, as their hymnal at different times throughout history. So it's really neat to see how the book of Psalms has just weaved through so much but everything that we've been talking about comes back to God's Word. As Barry shared a couple weeks ago, um, blessed. Blessed are we. Now, I know that he shared a challenge with each one of us, and I'm not sure who all went through with this, but who all looked up and figured out which, which uh, book of Psalms starts with the word blessed? Did anybody do that? I know Barry did. I know some of you guys did. And if you did that, you probably know that my message today is going to be on Psalm 1 because that is my message. It's about being blessed. Now, the blessing that we talk about here is not that God's going to give us everything we need. The blessing that we're talking about here is God is going to give us his joy so much that it overflows and it wants us to give that joy to others around us through sharing his word, through loving on them, through sacrificing things that we have to be able to help others see Jesus. And I know Tom just talked about, he's been over in the Ukraine for 20 years now? 20 years. Is that a sacrifice? Maybe not so much the first 17 or years or whatever, but these last three years as they've been going through this war, it's a sacrifice. Are we willing to sacrifice to go out and share the gospel of Jesus with those around us? So, 
I'm going, to be, I'm going to read through the entire book of Psalm 1, and then I'll start talking about it as we go. So if you guys wouldn't mind turning into your Bibles or on your Bible app, whichever you have, to Psalm 1. Um, now, I'm, I'm going to be reading from the New King James Version, which is a little bit different in words, but you guys will see what they are. So starting in Psalm 1, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. The ungodly are not so, but are like the chaff which the wind drives away. Therefore the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous, for the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish." So, I pulled a summary out of this, and it's my summary, so it may or may not be totally accurate from what everybody else has come up with, but my summary in verse 1 is warning of how not to live. Verse 2, how to live God's way. Verse 3, the benefits of living God's way. Verses 4 through 5, the consequences of living man's way. And then verse 6, I titled the difference between the two because you'll see a big, a big difference right at the end of this message again, as I shared before. Um, so we're going to break this down verse by verse, and as you guys will see in, the mess, in a minute when this comes up, when I click the button correctly, I've underlined lots of words here, and I'm going to talk about these words because the words here are here for a specific reason, for us to see and understand exactly what God wants us to see. So again, like I said earlier, Psalm 1 starts with the word blessed. The Hebrew word that's translated blessed, as Barry shared a couple weeks ago, can mean abundant joy or favor from God. And I think in this context, it's probably the first, the abundant joy that we have as we do these things. Um, so the man or woman that does this, they are happy, they're joyful, they're excited about life. The next part is who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. Now, this is talking about taking advice and of life advice by walking and living through, through, our, through our lives from those who don't know Jesus. Now, does that mean we should accept advice from, advice from people who don't know Jesus? Of course not. But we have to always measure it against what Scripture says because that's what makes a difference is what Scripture says about things. Um, the ungodly, like I said a minute ago, um, there's different, three different ways that I, that I termed these ungodly. And it's not that they're, there's anything bad about them. If you look in the ESV version and other versions, it actually says wicked. Okay, And that doesn't mean what we think it means. It means they don't know God, or maybe they're denying that there is a God, or maybe last but not least, they're actually defying God because they have heard about this God, but they don't even want to have anything to do with him. So those are the ones that we should not take our counsel from, our daily counsel from. Um, next up stands in the path of sinners. This is going where sinners hang out. Now, should we go there and share the gospel? Of course we should. But we shouldn't live our lives like they do, like, like, like we don't know Jesus, like our hearts have not been changed, like we don't, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like we don't know that the God of the universe is watching what we do, and not just that, but the people out there are watching us. And if they see us act in the same ways and respond the same way as, as they do, they're going to be, why do I need this God? Why do I need to even go to church and get up early on Sundays if you're just acting the same way as I do? So we have to be very careful about this. 
The last part here is, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. Now, the sitting in the seats, now you have not just walked with them a little bit. Now you're not going where they're at. You're actually sitting down. You're hanging out with them. You're taking on maybe their beliefs. The scorners say that there is no God. The scorners will say, that Bible's not true. The scorners will say, you don't have to live like that. What difference does it make? God loves everybody. Um, so the scorners will try and do what, as much as they can to take you away from God and take you away from his word and the understanding of how his word can impact your life. So let's switch to the next verse, verse 2, if I can remember how to do this. Okay, so I've thrown a couple of verses in here because I want you guys to look at these up at some point. And if you got a paper, write them down because they're not on your, on your sheet or what have you. Um, Psalm, I'm sorry, Proverbs 13.20 says, He who walks with wise men will be wise, but the companion of fools will be destroyed. Now, this is the exact same thing that, that Psalm 1 is talking about, where you're walking with them, you're living with them, you're doing like they do. And young people, and I see a lot of you out there in your, in, in your momentum shirts, this is important for you guys to understand. We don't want to fall into the sin that others are doing just because we want to share Jesus with them. We have to keep ourselves separate from that part so that we don't give into those things. Because I know when I was growing up, it was so easy, and, and I didn't grow up as a believer, to just follow the crowd because it's easy. You don't have to sit there and argue with them. You don't have to sit there and say, well, you know, that's not right. No, you really do need to stand up for Jesus in your life because that's what's most important. Next verse I put up here, it's one of my favorite verses. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. God's word will show us how we should walk. God's word will show us where we should walk. God's word, if we embrace it and take it on as our own, will walk, let us walk through life. Now, why does it need to be a light to our path? Because our paths can be very dark at times. There can be stuff going on that in the Ukraine like they're, like they're facing or even in our life right here where stuff is just happening to us and we don't know why. We don't understand. We're going through trials. We're going through struggles. And that word of God can say, can for us light our path so we know which way we should walk. So we know how we should walk and where we should go. Now, a minute ago, I, and I'm going to flip back to a couple of, a couple of slides here because I wanted to talk about this again. Um, I don't know if you guys noticed in this progression of walking with the ungodly, in the counsel of the ungodly, standing in the path of sinners, or sitting in the seat of the scornful. This is kind of a downward spiral that one needs to be very careful about because it's easy to go down there and it's easy to get stuck in there if we don't look up and look at God and see who God is and know how he can help us out through these things. So again, young folks, that's for you. If you don't be careful, you're going to go into sin that you never thought you ever would if you don't be very careful and measure it up against what God's Word says and what God's Word tells us we should do. And again, this is one of the reasons that uh, in 1 Corinthians 15, 33, it says bad company corrupts good morals. This is straight out of the Scripture, guys. It's not just something that, that old people like to say. It's right out of the Scriptures. Bad company can corrupt good morals. So be very, very, very careful about who you hang out with. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. So I got that one. Okay. Psalm one. Uh, I think I lost one. Okay. Yeah. So I'm, okay, I did that one. Good. Okay. <clears throat> Proverbs thirteen twenty 
Proverbs 4.14 talks about, do not enter the path of the wicked and do not walk in the way of evil. Again, the wicked and the ungodly is the same thing, okay? It's not like it's any different. So don't even go where they're going. Don't even hang out with where they're hanging out with. But again, you do need to talk to them about Jesus some way or another. So you've got to be very, very, very careful about that. So Psalm uh, 1 verse 2, but his delight, his delight is in the law of the Lord. His delight. We don't use that word very much in, this, in our context in this time, time and day now. His delight, his joy, his, what is so much important to him is in the law of the Lord. The law of the Lord is, again, the scriptures. The Hebrew word or phrase law of the Lord means the scriptures. It means more the Torah, but it also can be taken as the scriptures as well. So his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law, he meditates day and night. We don't use that word meditate very much around in our, in our culture either, in our context. Meditate has the, the connotation or the meaning of talking to yourself out loud about the word and talking to yourself out loud about what it really says. So saying the word out loud, like my children do when they're memorizing verses, they're talking out loud. They're constantly saying these verses out loud. And that's, the, what, that's what this word is talking about, meditate. It's kind of like just going over it constantly throughout the day, constantly throughout the day. And as it says, day and night. Now, some have said this day and night can be during the good times and bad times. The good times can be the daytime. The bad times can be the nighttime. So look at that and think about that. How is God's word delighting me? And in Psalm 37.4, says, Delight yourself also in the Lord, and he shall give you the desires of your heart. Now, I pulled that out because it's very important to understand that it's talking about delighting yourself. It's talking about delighting yourself in the Lord. But then this last part that a lot of people take out of context and a lot of people don't understand He'll give you the desires that your heart should have. Not he'll give you everything you want or anything. He'll give you the desires that you should have. He'll give you his desires so that you want to do what he wants you to do as you're, as you're walking through your life. And then Joshua 1.8, um, one of more of my favorite verses, talks about this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth the whole thing, but you shall meditate in it day and night. Why? so that you can observe to do according to all that is written in it. We're not just reading these things and meditating on them for our own edification. We're doing this so we can observe to do what God tells us to do. And then from that, we will then be, it will be easier for us to share that truth with others. For then you will make your way prosperous, and you'll have good success. Now, this prospering and this success that is talked about here, some have taken this out of context and said, you know what? If I do these things, God's going to make me rich, or God's going to give me everything I want, or God's going to do all these things. And that's not what that verse says. That verse is saying that God will prosper you as you live in him, and as you worship him, he'll prosper that, that part of your life and other parts of your life too, and you'll have success in God's eyes, not in man's eyes. If we look in man's eyes, we're gonna, we, some of us might look not very successful, but in God's eyes, we're very successful because we know him, we know the Savior, and we want to spend time with him. Okay, so uh, this is a big part of my message here that I'm going to spend a little bit of time on. Why should we meditate on God's word? Number one, to know God's heart or to know him more intimately. Psalm 119 verse 18 says, Open my eyes that I may see wonderful things from your law. For guidance and instruction. Most of us know 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17. 
All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. Now, of course, in this context, it's not just talking about men, and neither of these verses are. It's talking about anyone who does these things. Next, to build our faith. As, as Brother Tom shared last week, Tom Piper, Elder Tom Piper, shared last week, to build our faith. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing the Word of God. Does that mean that we have to hear it from somebody else? No, we can hear it from ourselves as we talk about it, as we talk about it out loud, as we memorize it, as we meditate on God's word. It will build our faith and increase our faith too as well. So it's not just for somebody who's a new believer that's never heard about Jesus. It's for all of us. Next up, so the scriptures can become a part of who we are. Psalm 119 verse 111 I'm sorry, Psalm 119 verse 11 says, your word I have hidden in my heart that it might not sin against you. Your word have I put in my heart so that I won't desire to sin against you. Does that mean we're never going to sin? Of course not. But it means we're going to sin less and less and less as we hide God's word in our heart, as we meditate on his word, as we spend time in his word, as his word becomes the food and the drink that we need. And, and I'll get to that in just a couple minutes so I jumped ahead of myself. To be able to sp spot false teaching. Brother Piper, uh, Tom Piper shared about this as well about the secret service, and he stole it from my message, I think, but I don't know if he saw my message ahead of time. But seriously, what do the secret service do who are, looking at counter, who are trying to find counterfeit money? They study the real thing. They study the real thing. They know the real thing. They know what it looks like. They know what it's, what it, every little piece about it. And we need to do the same thing with God's Word so that we can spot false teaching. Because some will say, well, God helps those who help themselves. Is that in Scripture anywhere? No, but it sure does sound good. So we need to be able to spot false teaching and, take, and embrace that and say, no, 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 no. I know what God's Word says. Oh, wait, I don't have my phone with me, but since I've hidden it in my heart, I know what God's Word says, so therefore I can help others see what it means. Next up, to be ready to share the gospel at any time. If we hide God's Word in our heart, if we meditate on it, we can be able to do that anytime, as First Peter 3.15, part B says, always be ready to give a defense to everyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. Always be ready. It doesn't say when you feel like it. It says always be ready. Always be ready to share the gospel with people around you, no matter, no matter what's going on. Next up, to be able to control our thought life. 2 Corinthians 5, uh, sorry, 10, verse 5, part B, says, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. So, we're walking through our life, thoughts start coming in. Should I do this? Should I do that? Should I do this? Should I do that? What do you do with that? You say, what does God's Word say? That's taking every thought in, into the captivity. How does God want me to act? That's taking every thought into captivity, because thoughts will come in our head whether it's from our flesh, whether from Satan, whether no matter where it comes from, if it's from the TV, all these different things, it's something that we need to be able to control our thought life because it's very, very, very important. So let's jump into verse, uh, Psalm 1, verse 3. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. This word planted has the, con uh, the, the connotation or the understanding that 
This is somebody actually taking this tree and firmly planting it in the ground. It's not something that grows wild necessarily. It's taking it and making sure that it's planted in the ground firmly by the rivers of water. Why the rivers of water? Because that's where trees get their nourishment from. And if we are following Jesus, we will get our nourishment from him too because he is the water of life. He is the living water um, that will bring forth its fruit in its season. What kind of fruits are we talking about? Well, most of you know or have probably memorized Galatians 5, 22 and 23, and I'll talk about those in a minute, but to bring about those kind of fruit in our life at the right time for each one of us whose leaf doesn't wither because he's getting constantly fed, getting constantly nourished, getting constantly having that life-giving water in him so that he can grow and prosper. And again, whatever he does shall prosper. Again, not as the world says prosper, as God says prosper. John 15, 5. Excuse me real quick. It says, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. If we're abiding in God or if we're abiding in Christ, we'll be able to do amazing things for him. We'll be able to bear fruit. We'll be able to do all these things. But separate from him, it says you can do nothing. Nothing of value to God can we do if we're not abiding in, in, in Christ, I believe. Galatians 5, and 23, I alluded to this a minute ago. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, long-suffering, or, or patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. These are the fruits that we should be showing as we're abiding in Christ and as we're getting the life-giving water that we need. Psalm 1, verse uh, 4 and 5. The ungodly are not so, but are like the chaff which the wind drives away. Most of us don't know what chaff is because we haven't really lived around a farm. Chaff is when grain has, has gotten like wheat or what have you. What they used to do in the Old Testament was take this throw it up in the air in an open-air environment, and the chaff was all the stuff that was no good that would get blown away. And the stuff that stayed was your wheat grain. It was the stuff that you needed. All the other stuff would get blown away. And that's what these people will be like, the ungodly, as life goes on and, as they, even before, and when they get to meet God in a few minutes, what I'll talk about. So it says, the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment. They are going, when, when the judgment time comes, they are going to be judged very harshly because God's going to ask, what did you do with my son? And if they didn't accept him or, or, or trust in him as, as, as the only way to salvation, where are they going to go? They're going to get thrown into the lake of fire at some point in time. They're going to get, get thrown into what's called hell, which is a real place. It's not just an imaginary place. And it's tormenting. It's horrible. It's separation from God. It's just so many things that I can't even think about or don't want to think about um, because of how bad it is. And in Psalm 1, verse 6, for the Lord knows, the Lord experientially knows the way of the righteous. The way of the righteous are those who believe in God, who trust in Him as, the, as our Savior. Those are the righteous. That doesn't mean they do everything right, but we have been given Christ's righteousness as we've accepted Him as our Savior. So the Lord knows our way. The Lord's going to walk with us along our way. But it says next, the way of the ungodly will perish. The way of the ungodly shall perish in such a way that perish in the Bible can mean one of two things. It can mean physical death 
or it can mean slowly dying, or it can be mean, actually meant three, or separation from God for eternity. So their life is going to perish at some point in time. They're, and not that they're going to be annihilated, like some have said. No, they're going to be living in horrible times through, in, in hell during that time. Psalm 25, 4 says, Show me your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths. That's what should be the cry of our hearts. So I'm almost finishing up here. Application. How can we meditate on God's word if we don't memorize it first? If you don't know what it's, if, and then how can we memorize it if we don't know God's word? Last, how can we know God's word if we don't read God's word? How can we get to the point where we're ready to meditate on God's word if we don't spend the time in God's word that we should be? So on your, uh, on your handouts, you guys have those application questions. Talk to God about this saying, God, how can you help me to desire to meditate on your word? How can you help me memorize your word? A lot of people will say, well, <laughs> the scriptures are real hard to memorize. Is that really true? I know that if a song comes on the radio, lots of people can actually quote every single word in there. Every single word in there, even if it's from songs that were back in the 60s and 70s. Is that right, James? We can quote some of those. Because we were alive then, and we know those. And I'm not picking on James, but James, James was at that time, and I was at that time, and we know those words still, and they won't go out of our heads. So we need to do the same thing with God's Word, where it becomes so ingrained into who we are that it's just going to come out of us. It's just going to come out of us. So that ends my message, but I do want to pray for us before we, before we finish up. And as I'm praying... I'm going to have the, 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 elder, the prayer team come up. Lord, we do um, thank you for your word. I thank you that your word is powerful and living and sharper than any two-edged sword. Lord, I ask that your word would pierce into our hearts, that we would see our need for a Savior, not just, not just for salvation, but for every day for sanctification as well, that as we live our lives according to your word, that we would become more and more like Jesus because that's what the Father's wish is, that we could be transformed into the image of his Son. And Lord, I ask if there's anyone here today who doesn't know for sure that they'll spend eternity in heaven with you, I pray that not today might be the day that they do, even right now, not even later. Give them the desire to take care of that right now because they need the Savior just as much as anybody else does. Not because of how bad they are, but because that's the only way to get to heaven is through the Savior. And Lord, I just again ask if there's anyone here that you would work in their lives so that they can know that they'll be with you forever. And Lord, last but not least, I pray for the Ukrainians and again, as, as Tom shared earlier, the stuff they're going through. Lord, just give them peace as they're going through all these struggles. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.